Welcome to 40 Years to Freedom Podcast. You got Jen today, and I have my lovely friend, Brittany, which I'm very excited as a guest here. Welcome, Brittany. Hi, Jen. How you doing today, babe? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited that you're here, too, because I've talked about you in several podcasts already. And I keep saying that eventually I'm going to have a guest. And here I am with you. I'm so excited. Yay. Am I your first guest? You're my first guest. Oh, my gosh. I'm so even more honored. See? You're my first guest. So um, my girlfriend, Brittany, just had a baby not too long ago. Just a couple weeks ago, right? Four weeks tomorrow. Four weeks. Oh, my gosh. You're already a month old. I know. That's crazy. It really is. Oh, my gosh. And she's your first child. Yes. Yep. And how's it going? It's good. It's, I mean, it's surreal. People tell you, like, what motherhood's going to be like. And you try to wrap your head around it and grasp it. But you really don't know until you go through it. Mm -hmm. And, um... Oh, I'm getting emotional. It's really cool. I love I love being a mom so far. And it's I'm just enjoying every second with my daughter. That's good. Well, you don't have teenagers yet, so I know. Everyone <laughs> says just hang out oh, all this wait. time. So um, if you haven't been able to tell yet, but we are going to be talk we're gonna be talking today about being a new mom. So um struggles, where you're confident at, what's the plan, um, how to balance work life. And being a new mom, how to balance um, being still not, how to balance not giving up who you are at the same time as being a new mom, right? Um, how to get through your day, schedules, all of that. So here we go. Um, do you want to talk about getting pregnant at all? So I could start with a story like that. Um, so everybody knows that's listening to my, our podcast that I have twin boys. So I have twin boys and I got pregnant through in vitro. So that was a huge struggle for me to get pregnant in the long run. I think that we should start there. A lot of women have problems, um, getting pregnant. I was older when I got pregnant. Um, they say at my age when I got pregnant, that that was a geriatric pregnancy, which blows my mind. Cause I was like, 27 28 going through this process right of starting to be and that was a geriatric pregnancy my mom had me when she was 38 right like it was never even a deal then but now like they say that women are having babies later in their life they're having struggles with things like that well i definitely had struggles but it wasn't with me it was with david um but we did ended up ended up getting pregnant through in vitro which was a very expensive process Um, I'm thankful that I had family that helped me out in the long run with that. But the hardest thing about all of that, and you you hear these women that struggle and go through these processes over and over and over again. Um, one financially takes a huge toll on you, right? On your life. For me, it was $14,000. So the total for us to do this one time treatment was $14,000. And that included all the prescriptions that you had to take. All of that and the egg retrieval and then for them to um, harvest, I guess you would say, that baby, and then put it back in you. So that was $14,000. Now, we had one shot to do it. We had one shot. And you have the option 
of how many you want to put, how many eggs you want to put back in you. So they take a bunch of eggs at, at one time and then they, um, in, they start making Instantly. the little babies, oh. right? Um, in these little petri dishes. And then that you either freeze them or, and you can do it later, or you can put in up to six of them into you, right? Which is crazy. And you think, who's going to do that? Well, there's these women out there that would do that because they wouldn't get pregnant with any of them. But then there's these like freak shows that end up with six babies at one time or Octomom or anything yeah. like crazy like that. So we were nervous about that at first. And we put, so we decided to put two and, and thankfully they both took, they both took right away, which was great. Um, pregnancy for me was not fun. I don't know about you, yeah. but I had a miserable pregnancy. My pregnancy was, you know, pretty easy. I, um, you never know again what you're going to go through till you go through it. And I also kind of had a similar situation like you. Um, back when in my 20s, I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to have kids just because I had PCOS and I had, um, which is polycystic ovary syndrome, where you do have um, cysts on your ovaries that make it more difficult to get pregnant based on just like the hormones your body produces. Mm-hmm. And um, so at that time in my life, like I never really, I didn't really want kids. I mean, I was just in my 20s and I was with a guy that I knew I didn't want kids with that person. And um, so it was always in the back of my mind. Um, It kind of was a bummer when a doctor tells you like you might not be able to do it versus like it'd be your own choice. Um, But I had kind of made a peace with that um, until I met my husband. And then it kind of just made more sense in life that like I knew I wanted to have kids with him. And Mm -hmm. so getting pregnant was a little bit more like on the forefront of our mind. And we kind of always in the back of our mind knew that it could be a struggle. Um, And after we got married, I had been on a slew of different medications to like calm the polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, And I had kind of teared down off medication once we got married because I knew we wanted to try and you have to get that medication out of your system. Um. And for whatever reason, um, we got pregnant on the very first try. We kind of just decided to stop avoiding it. And if it was going to take a long time, then at least we at least we started trying then. Mm-hmm. And um, lo and behold, three and a half weeks later, I <laughs> found out I was pregnant. And so we found out so early. And that was scary because, you know, you just don't know, like, how it's going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I cried. Oh, I didn't. I was it was terrible day it was a rainy day and I just cried and Brad was so excited which made it more enjoyable experience um once those initial nerves went away um I was very excited and I had a really easy pregnancy um I you know I didn't like exert myself much I ate whatever I wanted I slept all the sleep I could get because everyone says sleep 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 and I knew that I just wanted to for the last time in my life do whatever on my terms, mm-hmm. whether it be eat or sleep or whatever. So I knew that when my baby did come, I wouldn't have any like reserve, like guilt. You know, I just would be ready to take on the next step. So yeah. pregnancy was pretty easy for me. I'm really lucky. I'm beyond grateful that we got pregnant on the first time and it was a pregnancy that lasted and um, we didn't have to struggle. Um, it was a miracle, really. And um, so, yeah, that's that was exciting for us. That's awesome. Um, I remember going through all that with you. I've known you for a long time now. Yeah. You've been a really good friend of mine for a long time. And I was there with the other guy <laughs> when the other guy was in the picture. 
and they told you you probably wouldn't have be able to have kids and i was there for you then and i think i had a conversation with you but there's options there's always options totally. i got pregnant through options mm-hmm. right um sometimes i think that doctors always tell you the worst so you're prepared for anything totally right so i um my pregnancy <laughs> my pregnancy was four for four months i threw up Every single day, like every single day to the point where I just started eating things that tasted better coming back up. And I always tell people who I know that are pregnant. There's like a handful of stories. I always make sure to tell my friends um, that are pregnant or new moms or anything like that. And this is one of them. And I'm like, when you just can't stop throwing up, there's sometimes there's just things you can't do. There's nothing you can do about it. Totally. You start eating what tastes good. So my go to was bananas and mint tea. It was like the best throw up i've ever had right. <laughs> so it's like i learned and then i've learned what the worst throw up is we're not even gonna go there but um that was the worst so i threw up and then it, the further i got along in my pregnancy it got to the point where every time i threw up i'd pee my pants so i was working at the time i worked for best buy at the time and i had the best manager um his name was jim i'm actually still really good friends with him and I would have to go home on a regular basis to go change my pants to the point where he was just like, you need to bring new pants like to right. work because <laughs> I'm not going to keep sending you home. Mind you, I was exhausted. I was pregnant with twins. It was a total, it's, it's a, it's just an experience. And it was an experience that I was ready for in my life, but physically I was not ready for on my, in my body. So, um, my family was going to have a, a shower for me, a baby shower for me. And they live in Truckee at the time. There's all my family was going to be in Truckee and I lived in Oregon. And so we had all these plans and my doctor was just like, I don't know if I want you going to this. Like we're going to do tests up until then. And I just don't know if I want you to do this. Cause you were high risk. Cause I was a high risk pregnancy. I had twins. So I go and she schedules um, an ultrasound for me. Literally two days before I was going to leave and I go in it and they won't let me leave. They called another person in. They called another person in and all of a sudden like people are scrambling and all of a sudden they're like, so we're going to admit you in the hospital. And I'm like, I'm sorry. No, no, you're not. <laughs> um, I, Cause I was like five months pregnant. Um, Six, six months. I was almost six months pregnant. And they're like, no, you got to stay here. Uh, your doctor wants you us to keep an eye on things. And my cervix was opening. It, I wasn't dilating, but my cervix was like causing this gap in it to where it was not good and I could lose. So they were talking about putting a stitch in me and all this stuff. So they kept me in bed for a week. Everything, I just lay there in this bed and they monitored me. Um, and then it nothing got better. And the hospital that I was in didn't have a NIC unit. And now I'm 24 weeks pregnant, right? 26 weeks pregnant, something like that. They said, you can't stay here. Like if something happens, cause this is progressively getting worse every single day, we can't deliver you here. So what's going to happen is if something happens here, we are literally flying those babies to a different city that has a NIC unit after you have them. And then you'll be here. So they flew me in the helicopter to Portland, Oregon with my husband and I got put in a bed and I was there for 57 days. Hope you had good insurance. I had great insurance. Thank God. I had great insurance, <laughs> thankfully. But it was 57 days, 57 days of nothing, 
of me just laying there. Like at the first couple days, like they had an IV in me strapped to machines, but nothing happened. Like everything stopped when I got there and they're like, well, now you just got to stay. You got to stay until you reach at least 32 weeks. If you don't have them be there before I just stayed there and cooked. Right. That's all I could do. So for those of you that don't know the Pacific Northwest, the Pacific Northwest is very drab rains all the time, always overcast. I had this giant room by myself with this giant window where it rained every single day. So it's like, I love the rain, honestly. But when I'm in a state and I'm not like, I'm not around my loved ones where I needed to be. And it's like, I had all these emotions. Like it was dreary and gloomy every single day. But I made the best of it. Um, My friends would always send me books and DVD series. And um, I made friends with the nurses, which is the best part because... They treated me as if I was their family, which was awesome. So I had one nurse that would bring me toilet paper from home because she's like, the toilet paper here is awesome. It's mm-hmm. terrible. And I was just like, oh, that's so nice. That's like so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another lady would always sneak me food because I was at this. Um, it, I didn't have the, the, the pregnancy diabetes. What is it called? Gestational. Gestational diabetes. I didn't have that. But I was on the verge of having it. So they put me on the super strict diet. I was starving all the time. <laughs> right. So this other nurse would totally like sneak me in food, bagels, and cinnamon rolls. And she'd be like, I was at the mall today. I thought of you. And so I got you a pretzel. I'm like, <laughs> like, I love you. And at 32 weeks, I was able to come home. So I literally, it was 32 weeks on the dot. They sent me home. And there was a reason why my doctor said I couldn't go to Truckee for my baby shower because of the windy roads. Now I go up this huge mountain to go to Portland. And so I got to come back down this huge mountain to get to bend. And that ride was like, I, you, I could feel myself like I could feel and I'm holding my stomach. Like you could feel these windy roads. <coughs> so I'm just going back and forth. And it was like, I instantly didn't feel good by the time I got home. Within two days, like I could tell something was happening. Um, I had to go to the hospital and they do this little swabby test and can tell if you're, you have these cells that say that you're going to mm. give birth within seven days. And mine were all positive. So they're like, you're not going anywhere. But I was at that 32 month, like that 32 week marker. So I didn't have to go anywhere else, which was awesome. So right. they couldn't send me away. Right. Which was great. So five days later. Crazy. More part to you. You went through a lot for your little boys. I did. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, birth plans. That's something we could talk about. Did you have a birth plan after all that? I did have a birth plan. <clears throat> but it was all out the window. So I wanted to try and have my boys naturally. And my water broke at like 4 o'clock in the morning. And I went straight into hardcore labor. And I wasn't dilated. I was done. My doctor came in. She's like, what do you want to do? And I'm like, cut him out. We're done. I don't want to do <laughs> yeah. any of this anymore. <laughs> and sure enough, like we were in within like 25 minutes. They were born, which was crazy. Like, right. How fast it ends up happening. Right. And I think the best thing that could have happened to me, and I want to talk about this actually a little bit more, but them being in the NIC unit was like the best thing that could have ha- helped me to keep schedules and to keep organized and things like that. because what the nurses taught me so what about you do you have a birth plan um I did have a birth plan um so many people tell you told me during my pregnancy that you know their plan didn't go as planned 
So that was always in the back of my mind that not to get too set on this plan, birth plan that I had. Um, but I did. I mean, I wanted to go naturally. I wanted to see if I could go without an epidural. Um, I have thoughts on vaccinations. And so I, you know, I had that in my plan. Um, did I want my husband to watch? Like all sorts of things. I had a ton of plans. But um, once all is said and done, by the time we decided to induce um, my pregnancy because we were over the due date, um, the plan kind of started dwindling from there because, you know, I wanted my water to break naturally at home, you know, all the things. But yeah. um, it didn't happen that way. So we um, medically induced and then that took so long that, you know, um, and then after inducing for probably, I don't know, 30 hours, um, my water did break naturally. I stood up out of the bed to go to use the restroom and um, it, then everything happened really quick. And the birth plan kind of went out the window after that. <laughs> <laughs> What's that first like real contraction comes and you're like, uh, yeah. give me the drugs. Exactly <laughs> like, what happened. And, you know, they've thankfully drugged me up and they so gave let's me talk about your nurse that helped talk you into something like that. Cause she kept offering, correct? Yes. So, um, once like they started Pitocin on me, real contractions started. I had had contractions over the course of being induced, but like the real stuff that, you know, is different. Um, started, she kept offering me fentanyl and, uh, you know, I'm like fentanyl, that's like a street drug. You know, I watch intervention all the time. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I wasn't too sure, but she's like, look, this is the only time you're ever going to be able to, um, get it during this time. And it's worth it because it just takes the edge off and you'll have a better experience. And so I decided to go with the pain medication, but as soon as they administered the pain medication, um, I was like at a 10 and, or not a 10. I was approaching a 10. And so we decided to go ahead and order the epidural. And so it was kind of like back to back, like pain medication and then epidural. And then everything was a lot easier after that because it does happen so quickly. Yeah. And um, I really thought I could fight through that pain. Not because I was trying to be tough. I really was scared of my numbs being my legs being numb. Um, it like messed with my anxiety and um but once those contractions hit that's out the window you don't really care about your anxiety anymore you don't care about much of all anything. you just care about that pain yeah. <laughs> and um say what it is i mean i whipped out big time yeah. you know and but it made my experience better because i you still have to fight through there's still a ton of pressure and you got to fight through contractions and you got to push a child out of you and so it just made that part of it a little bit easier for me than what I had originally anticipated, like I said, you don't really know going into it what it's actually like till you're in it. I don't think I know one person whose birth plan stuck to what their actual birth plan was. Yes, I agree. Like, because I think it all does go out the window when certain things happen or the unexplained happens or the uncontrollable happens or like something pops up that you didn't think is going to happen. Yes. Like things happen all the time, but the nurses are so awesome. They're so awesome. I we loved our labor nurse. She was, she's incredible. Like we sent her flowers after because See, it was like I sent flowers. I brought flowers to mine the day that I left Portland she, Hospital, but then I came over. She helped change our life. Yeah, you know, exactly. and she literally was like mine was more of a midwife. I felt like she did workouts with me. Like she, this isn't the same nurse that offered me the drugs. <laughs> this, <laughs> this was like somebody that really like helped me through it. And there was a point where I was, am I allowed to cuss? Okay, go say whatever you want. Girl. I was like, I can't fucking do it. And she like got into my face. Oh, and my husband's like, you can fucking do it. But she like got in my face and she's like, you can fucking do this. Girl, you fucking got this. And like her like intensity, like eye to eye, like 
woman to woman telling me like you fucking got this then it was like i fucking got this i can get through it you know yeah and it really did make a lot of difference and it does like sometimes it's like a slap in the face right yes like just needed to get your head straight you needed somebody to be like tell you that you have that courage yes you have this courage already built in your body Women have been doing this since the beginning of time. Yes. Without fentanyl. Without any of it. Exactly. (laughs) And she like brought me back down to reality and they're like, the head's out. Do you want to touch it? And I was like, no. (laughs) Needless to say, I also was puking the entire time. I was like having a contraction and then I puke. Having a contraction. So it was just so much built up, like so much of everything that I'm like, I can't fucking do this. And she's like, you fucking do it. And so I um, finally trying to get through one of my contractions like reached down and I could feel my child's head and it was over after that I pushed one more big push and then she was here and it was it was wild it was the wildest craziest experience I've ever gone through it was like outer body almost yeah it's bizarre you can't really I don't know well I went for the c-section because I was not I was at that one and that was insane and Caden was like, he was at the bottom and he was like ready like mm-hmm. to come out. And that's what everybody said every time they checked me. They're like, there's a head like right there. And I'm just like, shut up. There's not a head right there. <laughs> because nobody really knows this about me except for you and like my close friends that all this stuff kind of grosses me out. Totally. Like I'm not the person who's going to go up to my friend Brittany while she's pregnant and p- touch her belly. That makes me <laughs> wanna literally want to throw up. <laughs> because to me, it's different. It's like. That's like an alien or something. Like they're like, oh, feel the baby move. Be like, oh, no, nope, don't want to feel anything. Like so, touching a head, anything like that, that would freak me out. But when they're like, Kane's head's like right there, and I thought for sure it was gonna happen really quick, and then I was dilated at a one. Right. And those were intense. So it's like, take me out. Let's do this. I was terrified because of everything that you read, and we're gonna talk about everything you read in just a few minutes. Um, all of the drugs, the um, the I used to watch this baby show on TLC and them getting the epidural like literally looked like the scariest thing in the world. And so it's like, I didn't want anything like that happening to me. Um, Don't but you have to get sec- an epidural for a C-section? Yeah, you have to, oh, okay. right? But then instead they gave me a spinal tap so I couldn't feel anything from my shoulders down. Now, another thing people don't know about me is I do not do well on pain medication. I get super nauseous every single time. That's like I can't take. Cute. Yeah. I um do not. I'm always nauseous. My stomach hurts. I'll throw up any of that. So I'm laying there in the room as they're like, everybody's prepping to do this. And they tape my arms down. They tape you down like you're Jesus right on a cross. <laughs> and I'm laying there and the, the um, guy administers because I have everything already in me. Um, He administers the um, pain medication. And he's like, how you doing? Talking to me like a couple minutes are going by. And all of a sudden, like, I could feel something is not right. And I am like, I don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to throw up. And the guy's like, no, you're going to be fine. Like, let me give you something to, like, take the nauseous away. Like, let me I'm going to give you something that'll counteract that. And literally as he's giving that, I'm like, I'm going to throw up and I can't move because my hands are taped down. So I literally just turned my head to the right and threw up everything like in my, oh, well, my hair was all up in a little thing anyways, but like I threw up all on the side of me and it was like this rush to clean it all up. Like it was not a pretty experience. Yeah. Mine wasn't either. But within minutes, Caden was out crying. David was so proud. And it's like, they bring him over to you. And then it was a couple minutes that went by until Gavin was out. Now, right before I had the boys, um, I had a family friend who was pregnant with twins. 
And she had the same birth plan as I did. And she went through with it. And this is the one thing I got super nervous about is because halfway through her birth, one came out fine. And then the second one struggled. And then they had to go in for an emergency C-section. And like there was an oxygen problem. And like the child in the long run ended up with a lot of problems. Right. And in my head. So all of that sticks with me in my head. Because that's you. Like you think about all these situations. And I was super nervous that if I did go through with my original birthing plan, that that's what was eventually going to happen to me. Like I'd be able to get through one and I wouldn't. And then so they take out Caden. Everything's fine. They take out Gavin. They don't even bring Gavin over to me. Now, you had a little bit of a mm-hmm. similar experience. So we'll talk about that in just a second. But Gavin wasn't breathing. OK. And they rushed him away instantly. And then my doctor comes over to me and she's just like, he was a struggle. Like I had to really pull him out. And he was like up under my ribs, like. He, did, he was not ready to be born. Caden was ready to be born. Gavin was not ready to come out. And they rushed him away. And by the time, like, you get through everything and get everything done and you get a little bit of rest and you're able to finally walk again and you start going, you, it, it's emotional. You walk in there and my son has a tube down his throat. He's in this little incubator. Mind you, my kids were um, two months early, so I had him at 32 weeks. But they were still big for, their, for being that early. So four pounds, nine ounces, four pounds, 12 ounces. And they're just in these little tiny incubators in the NIC unit. And Gavin has this ventilator down his throat, his throat. And that again is a scary moment, like a scary moment as a new mom. Like you think the unimaginable, you think of all these things that could happen. You think of all these, you know, situations, you always think about the worst case scenario. And, um, I was thankful enough that I kept going down there like every few hours because I wanted to be part of feedings. I wanted to do all that stuff. And within 24 hours, Gavin just literally grabbed the tube and pulled it out of his own throat. And they were just like, I guess he was ready for that. And they were in there for three weeks. But that was three weeks. I could like I was so thankful for that three weeks because those NIC unit nurses are the ones who saved me because I was not prepared. I lived just like a mile away from the hospital. So I was there all the time to visit them. I wanted to be part of as many feedings as I possibly can. But I also never got a baby shower. I didn't have a room that was complete because this all happened to me when I was 24 weeks pregnant. Right. Um, and all of my family kind of showed up at one time and it's like we went to Target and three shopping carts. Like we got the crib. We got the stroller. We got everything. Like mm-hmm. we got it all done and put together. And the nurses taught me everything that I needed to be taught. They had my kids on a schedule that I just stuck with that schedule by the time I brought them home. Like. I don't know what I would have done without those NIC unit nurses in my life, for sure. Definitely. They're special people. Yeah. And not. I feel like like you have to be a special person, for sure, to have that job. Because think about, think about the not-so-good times, right? Absolutely. There's, there's plenty of those mm-hmm. that happen in hospitals, mm-hmm. of these unimaginable situations that happen to new parents and ba- new babies and all of that. And they have to be tough and have a good heart and be just an overall good person to be able to get through those days Absolutely. those moments yeah i completely agree yeah i couldn't do it i even said that after we left there like those nurses are something special and they do they have it in, they have something in them i don't possess but it's special and they bring life into this world and they also see tragedy after life is into this world and mm-hmm. they just like get their patients through it and it's it's wild yeah and they're not supposed to tell you secrets, but they totally always tell you the secrets. <laughs> um, sure. My NIC units did, uh, nurses did at least, because 
I mean, I was trying, like I was trying to be there for every moment, but you can only stay in the hospital for so long. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was so blessed to live so close because it literally was just a minute drive. But there was another mom that was in there with twins that had um, twins in the NIC unit. She was never there. there. Um, The nurses were just like, she doesn't have like, there's no clothes for the kids to come home. And she was super young already. Like it was clearly not the best situation. So it's like, I started bringing bags of clothes. Cause you know, when you're pregnant, like everybody brings you everything, not just brand new. Totally. Not, like you get bags of clothes, hand me downs, all this kind of stuff. So I started going through things and I was bringing stuff for these babies. I was bringing things. And it's like, the nurse is just like, you don't have to do this. And I was just like, well, what am I going to do with it? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, my kids aren't going to wear this stuff. I already have, I brand new double of everything. And everybody gives you everything. So, but they would just be like, and those babies, were not progressing like how my kids were even though they had the same care same formula that mother so it's that bond that motherhood there was nobody ever coming to visit mm-hmm. them like the nurses That's how they the thrive. exactly and here i'm in there six seven times a day um bringing multiple family members in there so they could do skin on skin time mm-hmm. so they could do all that and that helps my babies get in and out of there in three weeks mm-hmm. like literally i just had to I wait for that. them to hold a bottle right not hold a bottle but right take a bottle and then they were out right so when i had um veda th- as soon as as soon as she came out um they put her on me they told me that originally the original plan that she they were going to do everything right on my chest they were going to measure her do her like foot stamps um to get all the fluid out of, like you know clean her up all the things yeah and um you know when i finally pushed her out and they set her on my chest they only set her there for maybe a minute and a half and a half like it was such a whirlwind i can't even really like remember the length of time but I know that Brad was able to cut her umbilical cord and she just wasn't really loud. Like, she, and she was gray. And I thought that was a little weird. I know babies come out with white and the vernix and stuff all over them, but she was like gray and she was very quiet at crying. And Brad cut the umbilical cord and then they took her. And I was like, you're just in this whirlwind. But I was just confused. Like, why did they take her? Granted, they took her just across the room, but. They were sucking all this stuff out of her and they were kind of smacking her around just trying to get her to like initiate a loud cry. And um, I'm like, what's happening? And my doctor's like, she's just not singing as loud as we want her to. Um, Which, you know, you hear all the time and then it just kind of comes to. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were over there for like a good 30 minutes. And, you know, my doctor was just cleaning me up and you still have to birth the whole placenta which is a whole different thing that i was like i don't want to see it we don't want to make pills we're good get it out get it away yeah um but because you know i wasn't occupied with my newborn baby i had to like kind of experience that part that i wasn't that wasn't part of my birth plan um so that was crazy in itself but after 30 minutes um they said they had to take her to um the nursery well because i i gave birth at a brand new hospital we don't technically have a NICU at that hospital yet they have to give they have to have a certain amount of births before the NICU is fully functioning okay and um so the nursery is kind of like the NICU and so i knew that that wasn't good because i was past full term you know my my baby wasn't um early or anything like that and so I just told my husband, Brad, you need to go with them. Wherever they go, you need to go. And he's nervous. It's, you know, four o'clock in the morning. We just had a baby. You're kind of confused. And he was kind of out of it. But I just was so adamant that he had to go with her wherever she went. Like, just make sure she's okay. Because I can't go. My legs are numb. My biggest fear, my legs being numb. And now I can't use my legs. Yeah. And 
it was really traumatic because it was just happening so fast and there was nothing I could do about it. And it wasn't at all the experience I ever thought I would have. I had such a healthy pregnancy um, and I never had one issue. Every time I was hooked up to a monitor, she was fine. So when they, um, this all happened, it was just kind of like a whirlwind. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so he went with her and I was kind of left alone in my hospital room by myself. All the doctors and nurses had cleared out. You know, I only did this with my husband, so no family there or anything. And I was like, like, this is not what I experienced. So I start hitting the nurse's buttons. I asked for a wheelchair. I accidentally pull out my IVs because I'm trying to, like, move my legs off the bed to get off. And it was probably way more dramatic than it needed to be. But in my mind, I'm a new mom. Like, I just cared about this infant. And the only thing I could think in my head was, like, failure to thrive. This is all my fault. Like, I did something, you know? Yeah. Because they didn't give me any, inf- any information. They're very quiet. They don't want to tell you the worst or the best because they don't know. And so... Um, they send me, they, they finally take me to the NICU where she is. And after hours, they finally let me do skin to skin. And I hadn't touched her since that first minute of life, you know? And so they put her on my chest and we do skin to skin for like an hour. And then they told me we have to leave because they're going to do x-rays. And so we go to our postpartum room, which was bizarre without a baby. Um, and we fell asleep for like an hour. We woke up. And we went back to the NICU and they're like, she's better. She's off oxygen. She's been off oxygen. Her problem was she wasn't breathing like they wanted her to breathe. Her lungs weren't expanding to the capacity that they need to to thrive. And um, but I truly believe that hour of skin to skin, like just being on her on me and like me breathing with her, even though she was on the oxygen, like she was just on my chest and we were breathing together. I truly believe like she that's all she needed. Yeah. To like get her going and like kickstarting her. And that's her. such a real thing because even if you think about like animals, right? Mm-hmm. When um like an animal, like a gorilla or a kangaroo, for instance, like they will crawl up to find the mom, mm-hmm. right? They'll crawl up to those scents, mm-hmm. that smell, that heartbeat, everything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a true thing, honestly. Yeah. And that's how I feel about it with the boys. Like I feel like, like they thrived in there compared to these other kids that were not progressing at all. Because I was there. They were down my shirt all the time. Mm-hmm. And they were so tiny. My favorite picture of Caden is sitting in my living room. But I have a V-neck shirt on. And when he was born, he was so furry. Like, so, so hairy, <laughs> right? He had this white, fluffy hair all over him. But he is down in my the little V-neck of my shirt. And he's just so tiny and perfect just laying on my chest. And it's like, it's a zoomed up picture. So it doesn't look like it. But you have to think about my chest and a V-neck and mm-hmm. that's his whole body. Right. Like right there. And it's just it's crazy. And I truly believe that that's that helps them. That helps them absolutely. get over all of these things. Yeah. It's so. like the circle of life. And yeah, you know, it absolutely. really is. Um, OK, I have a list of things. <clears throat> but. Let's talk about registries. Right. So I feel like that's always a fun thing when you get married, when you're going to have a baby. Like it's a little bit different now because you do everything online. But when I was pregnant or when I was getting married, you had this like gun that you could go crazy with like at Target so or wherever it was, yeah. right? And scan everything you wanted yeah, and just hope for the best. So, of course, you order everything. I didn't end up having baby showers, so I didn't get a whole heck of a lot. Usually from like out of town guests, like I got a stroller, right? Mm-hmm. From an out of town that was sent to my house, things like that. But did you come across things that you were told that you needed? Um 
that you couldn't live without yes. things that you've realized on your own that you're like, I don't know why this isn't on everybody's registry. What are those kind of things? Yeah. So I feel like when you are pregnant, everybody has to give you their input of like what you need. And <laughs> yeah, it, the list is never ending and you really can't even go off of that. Cause how are you supposed to know? Every child's different too. Like what they, what works for them and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, so we obviously did a registry. It is online now. It's so easy. Um, we just used one registry, and it kind of linked to everything, Amazon, Target, Walmart, anywhere you wanted, go through one website. Um, and so I did use what people had recommended and, and picked what we wanted. Um, we got a good portion of it, but I will say, stick to the registry. If mom has a registry, she obviously picked those things because it's something that like she wants, maybe like a theme or like, um, you know, specific things that she has her heart set on. Yeah. And then when she doesn't get those, she ends up buying them herself anyway. And so yeah. you're kind of in this predicament. I kind of made a huge realization just going through this that I will always pick off the mom's registry because now I know, you know. Um, but sure, there's a ton of things that I thought we would use. We didn't use things that we end up having to buy after the fact because it's like, dang, we actually do need that. Um, what would be the number one thing that you thought you were going to need that you haven't even touched? Um well, because specifically my baby um, swaddles. I thought I was going to swaddle that girl up and rock her to sleep. She freaking hates them. I have more swaddles. I have probably two <laughs> drawers full of swaddles because I was told by so many people, like, no, get the Velcro swaddle. No, get the, the Muslim swaddle. No, get this. So I had a kind of a plethora of each of them not knowing what ones we'd get, and we got a crap ton of swaddles. Now, that's not specific to everybody. Some people love swaddles, um, and it works for them. She, at this point, her little four weeks, doesn't love them. So I'll probably end up re-gifting those to a new mom. Because um, they're not going to swaddle much longer, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. You know, some people, I feel like they swaddle for a while. But if she loved them, I'd probably use them forever. But she does not like She's them. She's all 16-year-old. Put your legs up. <laughs> I loved being tucked in as a kid. So I just thought, like, my baby would love them. Nah, she likes those arms free. I don't know what it is. But, um... And then everyone's like, get this baby shusher. It's like this shh, shh, shh thing to like calm babies. And I'm like, I could shush. I don't need to waste my money on this. My baby loves being shushed. <laughs> I wish I would have gotten the shusher. I'm so sick of shushing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just like, shh, 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 shh. She loves it. I don't know what it is, but it puts her to sleep. It's like sound machine. Nah, nah, nah. But if I shush her, she loves it. Wish I would have bought the, the little shusher. shusher. <laughs> that's for sure um what on your list um did you think that you weren't gonna or not necessarily on your list but what's something that you now realize you can't live without oh um my two things my bottle warmer and my sterilizer i use them 700 times a day they were great gifts i just didn't really think that we're gonna be that like pertinent to what we do but um i am a i pump and so i'm constantly washing pump parts I'm constantly washing baby bottles and it's just like an overwhelming amount of dishes. And it's like, I can just scrub them really quick, throw them in the sterilizer. Thank Jesus for that thing. And then the bottle warmer. Um, I never knew I would use so many kitchen appliances for my daughter, but that's what we do. I couldn't live without those two things. And they're two things that I now would like to gift other people because I know how much I use them. Yeah. So that would just be my two, but I think the thing that I couldn't, um, I didn't think that I would use was the swing. And I know you said you don't use the swing really a lot at your house. Um, but 
by the time I took the boys home, Gavin struggled. Gavin struggled for like the first six months at least with fussiness. He threw up all the time. Like I could never, he was always crying. I could never put him down. Like I could never put him down. So Caden, who was like a perfect baby, lived in that swing. Like he literally lived in that swing. So that would be like the number one thing that I would make sure to always, if there's a registry somewhere, and I know you said you don't use it yet, but there's going to come a time soon where you got to just put that baby down. Totally. And you got to be able to walk away to do things, whether it's clean the house, cook dinner, yeah. take a shower, right? Yeah. You need that moment. But mine was because I couldn't carry two babies all the time. Caden lived in the swing for the first six months while Gavin lived in my arms. Right. So that right. was my saving grace was yeah. that for sure. She likes her swing. I think there will be a time and a place for that. I think right now she's a little too small for it. She doesn't feel like snug. I feel like that's with infants. They really like that security feeling. Um, but I get that for sure. Um, okay, what what do you think? Um, <laughs> the new motherhood, I think, is funny because there's not a lot of time for yourself, right? Because of sleeping schedules. And my kids were up every hour and a half. So that was our feeding schedule, every hour and a half. Like, I'd come in, feed the babies, change diapers, rock them, burp them, put them back down. Hour and a half after that, as soon as they fell asleep, we started all over again. Um... So I was a mess all the time. Like I rarely took showers. Um, I was always in sweatpants. What do your days look like? Um, you know, thankfully I'm on a three six nine twelve three six nine twelve schedule every three hours. Um, and mostly because I have to pump. Like it, I can't not. I can't pass that up. Um, and or I'm in extreme pain. <laughs> um, so she luckily has kind of like followed along with that schedule. I'll feed her. I'll pump. Um, get her back to bed. During the night, uh, knock on wood, I'm very blessed. She sleeps like five-hour stretch and then like a three-hour stretch. And so I have no complaints, really. I hope if she never changes a sleeping schedule, I'd be okay with it. But that's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then during the day, she's a little bit more fussier. Um, she sleeps maybe like two and a half-hour stretches. So I really try to just like feed change feed burp change um get her back down and then like i rush in the kitchen and start washing all my pump cards and then i go rush and make the bed and then by that time it's kind of like she starts fussing again so i have to get her bottle again change her feed her pump um and then the next time i'll hope to get a shower sometimes i don't you know sometimes i can't even brush my teeth uh sometimes she just wants to be snuggled um yeah so y- y- getting out of the house brad and i try to do that in those little three-hour windows um if it's like we have to go to the grocery store, have to get an errand done or whatever. Um, or we want to go to lunch. Like we try to do it on that little, she's fed, she's changed. We get her in the car, go get back. Um, so that's kind of what we're at right now is that three, six, nine. Sometimes it's off. Sometimes she wants to feed a bunch and, you know, it kind of messes that up, but we just kind of wing it every day. I'm still learning her cues and, you yeah. know, she's still You're learning. You're going to learn those every single day for the next. 100 years for sure let's be honest (laughs) so we're just winging it right now but i'm glad that she's following along with a set schedule so i just remember um it's funny that you and brad you guys are so in love like i mean i i'm not that i was in love with my husband when i had kids but if i had a free moment that was my moment like because i had two babies all day long and one that never stopped crying like, David would come home from work, and he'd be like, oh, why don't you go to the store? You take a shower, go to the store. I would be gone for hours. 
Like I would go to, and it's not like I went anywhere else besides the grocery store. Right. But I would, you would take, take your my sweet time. time. You deserved I would it. Pick up every single can. Read the label. Pack it. Read the label in my head. Like menu plan, grocery list. Like I would be there for like three hours, and then I'd get a call from David, and he'd be like, "Is everything okay?" And be like, "Yep." He's like, "Where are you?" Not Safeway. Like I'm still at the store. Right. And he was just like, "Are you okay?" <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great right, right. now. So everything okay with you right. like just checking in on those moments for um, sure that was a big one do you have a plan for going back to work i mean i know you're a hairdresser i do you do um, have a plan okay yeah i have a plan i uh yeah i'm a hairstylist i i i really enjoy working i like being able to have my independence um that has been torture my husband jokes that i i have this like coin jar allowance <laughs> while I'm on maternity leave and so I'm so eager to like just have my own source of independence back it makes me feel prideful and I be able to provide um so I will go back part-time um and since I can make my own schedule part-time could look like three 10-hour days even you know um and so I'm just going to kind of feel that out when I go back kind of load my days up at the beginning of the week so I can still enjoy weekends with my family Mm -hmm. um I'm blessed to be able to make my own schedule a lot of people have to go back to a nine to five monday through friday and that's their only option um and so i'm grateful that i have flexibility in um navigating because it's i'm there's gonna be sick days and there's gonna be days that we have to figure out child care if for some reason we don't have it arranged and um it will really help to have control of my own schedule and hopefully my clients are understanding Maybe they've been moms and they understand that, you know, this comes with a little. They're going to understand. What leeway. people don't realize is that when you work in the beauty industry, industry, and this is, it's frowned upon sometimes. You'll be like, oh, you're just a hairdresser. We change lives every day and we are essential employees. And that's where people don't understand it. My, I would do anything for my hairdresser as like, he would do the same for me. Like he gets me in on the crazy, cause I am the most annoying client. Because I have to do everything around my work schedule now, right? And all of my friends make that happen, which is I'm blessed in that department. But as an essential employee, you can go ahead and crack it. (laughs) We're drinking the lovely babe rosés today. Babe, we love you. We love babes. We love the babes. We've had a lot of fun Um, with babes. (laughs) And this mama needed a minute to herself. So, And we know the rosé is her favorite. But um, going back, your clients need you like i need my hairdresser i need my hairdresser i need my eyelash tech like i need those people in my lives so when you call and tell me something happened i'm gonna make it work because i need you in my life so you have clients right that have been with you this is your clientele that no matter what happens sick days bad days sad days because you're gonna have them like they're gonna get it Mm -hmm. because they need you no matter what they're your friends yeah but at the same time they need you. Mm-hmm. They need you for a bigger purpose in their in their head. For sure. So yeah. So, what are you gonna do about daycare? I'm so thankful because I have a mother in law who's willing to change her schedule a little bit, and um, my husband's aunt who's always had a small group of kids in her home doing like daycare st- sort of stuff. Um, that we get to use fa- utilize family. Um, I do not think I could go back to work if I had to just use a daycare. Yeah. Um, that's like no mom shame or anything just for me. Like I just can't wrap my head around 
letting a stranger watch your baby who can't talk call me like i don't know sinister like there's just terrible things that happen in the world and you see it every day and I, yeah <laughs> yeah it's not no, for me that to even entertain i would find a way to work for work from home or adjust however i could so i'm just so grateful for my mother-in-law and i know that my my daughter's going to be with two people that love her and mm-hmm. have her best interests and are going to play with her and um you know feed her well and all the things so that's that's our plan right now and i'm so grateful that's awesome yeah um i thought for sure i was going to be the stay-at-home mom and i'm not going to go on about this because i know i've talked about it in several podcasts the stay-at-home life was not for me between everything like i really thought like that's all i wanted in life i wanted to be a mom pick a fence all of that it was so different by the time it was actually in front of me i didn't have to work i needed to work and I remember my hairdresser telling me, she's like, you need to get out and do something that has nothing to do with babies. Like, don't go get a job at a daycare. Don't get, go get a job at whatever, the kids restaurant, flipping Red Robin, where you guys sing happy birthday 500 times a day. Right. Like, don't go, like, go do something that is for yourself. Has with nothing adults. To do with kids. Yeah. And um, I went back to work part time by the time they were four months old. And I was blessed because my brother-in-law was dating this girl who she wasn't working at the time and she loved my kids as if they were her own. And I was so thankful Mm -hmm. for that. So she was, and she was so great with them. So she stayed with us for like a year uh, before the time that we ended up moving. But within four months, I was back to work part-time within um, a year. I was back to work full-time. Like full time, mm-hmm. more than full time. Right. I needed that for myself. Totally. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. And I think that women really struggle with that in their lives because there's been a standard set that we're all supposed to be meeting, right? We're supposed to be the lovers, the homekeeper, the housekeeper, the home organizer, the cook, the cleaners, like all of that. We're supposed to do all of that once because that's what we have been shown our whole lives Mm -hmm. that's what movies portray that's what everything portrays our life that this is what you get married you have babies you stay at home you're there for your husband you have dinner for your husband exactly i wish people (laughs) had a i wish we had a video camera right now (laughs) Brittany just about shot herself in the head Uh, but it's completely true like i thought for sure that this is this is the life i'm gonna have this is what i want because this is all i've known on everything i've ever seen in my life my you this know, growing up on TV, supposed to do. this is what we're supposed to do. And I hated it. I hated every moment of it. Yeah. And I was just like, this is not my life. Yeah. So I, um, I'm thankful that we had, um, somebody in the family who loved my babies. And so they weren't, they were able to stay at home. They had everything that they needed. Uh, she came to our house. It was great. Got to a point where we needed to find daycare. And that was a struggle because, I started and then I found up like a person who I knew who had an at-home daycare. And so I started on that route and it was just like, I remember one day she asked if I could, um, that she'd give me a free day of daycare if I could come a little bit early because she had an appointment and she needed help with the last three kids that were there at the end of the day. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like that's awesome. Like you're going to save me $54. I'll come hang out for a couple hours. And I did. And in that three hours, the things that I saw in the house that I never saw just as drop off and pick up, my kids never went back to that house. 
Yeah, that's hard. Like never, like it was disgusting. Mm-hmm. There was like, uh, I just don't even want to yeah. talk about it, but it was terrible. Get and it. I can't believe, like I, I felt so bad that my boys were there for the three weeks that they were there. Yeah. But you do your best as a parent. Like you can only do it. You're exactly. trying. You know exactly, and, you're, and you try, and you're open. You, like your eyes were opened, and you removed them from that situation. <laughs> oh my gosh, I removed them so fast. It was, and it was just like, and she was just like, "Is everything okay?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, no. Like, I think I'm just gonna stay home. No, I'm not gonna hurt your feelings, but, but no, I'm not going not. back. Absolutely not. Especially to pay somebody for that sort of. Oh my gosh, and I remember that was another big thing because even when I was paying my, um, I guess we would call her my sister in law, but they weren't married. When I was paying her, like I was barely taking home any money after I paid her, but it was for my sanity. Absolutely, like it was for my sanity. Yeah. I feel like if you you're a better parent if you are figuring out ways to be your best self, and if that means you're getting out of the house and thriving in a workplace, then that means you're going to be a better parent. If exactly. being at home is going to make you crazy, you don't want your kids deserve more than that. So you may as well just get out, even if you are barely making it after childcare costs. Yeah. Um, what about more kids? So I know the beginning <laughs> that there was definitely, we want two kids cause you are, you are definitely a planner. Yeah. Oh, I'm, pl- I plan <laughs> and to a fault sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I definitely have always want, well, not all, I never always wanted kids, but since I'm at Brad, I definitely have wanted two kids. I grew up with a sister. He has a brother. We know what that dynamic's like. Um, I don't want just one. But, you know, if it's never in my cards because I already, you know, claim to have struggled based on what doctors have said, then we will just have one. The first few weeks when I got home from the hospital, look at me, it's only been four weeks. Like (laughs) The first few weeks, um, I cried a lot and I was like, I'm never doing this again. And, you know, it was just very, it's so hard in the beginning and you don't know what the hell you're doing. And so you just kind of re try to think about everything because you have a lack of sleep and so yeah. it's like it's messing with your it entire body messes with you we're gonna talk about that next but keep going and uh so we decided at, when veda turns one year we're gonna reevaluate and decide if we're gonna pull the trigger or if we're probably not going to we're considered geriatric parents you know we're in our 30s to late 30s and uh my mom did it yeah so you know i'm yeah. not saying i don't have it in me um but we'll cross that bridge at one year we want to see how she gets through this whole year how you get through this whole year. Totally. How Brad gets through this whole year. Totally. I mean, what that financial burden could actually bring. And like, the freaking world is weird. Like, I already am scared bringing one child in and raising her in this new progressive world. Do I want to do that with multiple kids? I don't know. We, we really have to see what this whole new chapter looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would like one. I, would, I wouldn't be opposed to one more. Um, financially i don't want to drive like a, a bus or like a minivan so don't hit on the minivan girl. i know i love I, I loved your minivan <laughs> <laughs> you oh know i love that minivan i know you love that minivan <laughs> but uh you know two you can fit in a compact car if we need them to yeah <laughs> um i am blessed that i had twins because of everything i went through to get pregnant and everything i went through being pregnant and everything i went through after I never would have done it again. Totally. Like I never would have done it again. And then I think of it in an opposite way. Like if I would have had a baby before all of this happened, I don't think I would have survived being a new mom of twins because I didn't know how not to do it. I didn't know how not 
to feed two babies at one time. I didn't know how. And people are so stupid. Like when they see you with twins, they're like, oh, my God, did you know? Yeah, no, I never went to the doctor. Like never right. once. Yeah. Nope. We're just winging this. For sure. You know, like people ask the most ridiculous questions. They do. But I would never go through this again. And I tell everybody that I know because I have you who just had a baby. Um, another friend of mine just had a baby literally the same week that mm-hmm. you guys had a baby. Um, and she's in her forties, which I can't believe she's starting all over again. I Blows know, my wild, mind. Blows my more mind. More power to her. I'm glad. Right? Yeah. Exactly. I'm glad that she has this new, beautiful, amazing, beautiful chapter. family yep. life. Right. That's a whole new journey for her. But, um, <laughs> I tell all of them, like, don't leave your baby with me. Because there's two things I can't stand. Babies and puppies. And everybody's like, you're the worst human in the world. No, I'm just being honest with you. And I don't want you to be like, oh, Jen said that she'll babysit. Or I bet you Jen would babysit. Jen does not want to babysit. Until this little girl can tell me that she has to go to the bathroom, what she wants to eat. She's not going to cry. She's going to sleep through the whole entire night. And I can go get my nails done Respect. with her. Like that is, at least I'm being honest. No, I agree. Right? <laughs> I want everybody to know that like puppies Chad Chad this last winter literally had a puppy delivered the day before he was leaving to go off the road and I'm like who's gonna take care of this puppy Chad and he's like well you you didn't even ask first of all and I hate puppies like they're cute they're cute they're fun but a puppy is just like a newborn not worse they're worse they're worse yes because they chew up everything they poop and pee on everything like Everything, they're up all the time. Like, oh, they're getting into everything. So again, don't ask me to take care of your puppies or your babies. Public service hard, announcement. <laughs> that is a hard pass for me. I will love them. Like, I will love Veda. I will be her aunt forever. Forever on this. I will be all my friends' kids. I will be Aunt Jen for life. I'm the cool aunt. Like, we'll do awesome things together eventually. But <laughs> right now, that. when they're fragile... And cry all the time and need constant attention. That is not my life. And I'm just thankful that I had two babies at one time and never had to worry about that again. For sure. Oh, so rough. Um, okay. We this is good. This is a good podcast. Um, we're already at an hour, but I want to go over. I had a whole list. I might go down that list really quick. But something that I don't think women in general talk about after pregnancy. Um, until it's too late is postpartum depression. So I had it really bad. I had it really bad. And there's several factors that make that like progress. I think on people, lack of sleep being number one, right? You said you were super emotional those first two weeks. Well, those first two weeks is the first two weeks you've ever gone without sleep. Right? So all of that builds up in your body. I had it for like four months, I think. And I just cried and I had terrible thoughts. Like I had terrible thoughts and people talk about like these women that, and it's like, you don't even want to say it out loud that do these terrible things. But again, I have these thoughts in my head. Never hurt a child, never would hurt a child, never put my kids in any danger. But I'm telling you thoughts went through my head that I could see people who are unstable easily. Like that could break them for sure. Hormones are powerful and they so mess powerful. with you. Yeah. Especially after something like childbirth. Exactly. 
and the crying. Like, I just remember my dad walking in. I always left my front door unlocked. And I'm feeding two babies at one time. I had this giant feeding pillow. And I was just bawling, like bawling. So I always left my front door unlocked because I always had a baby in my hand. My dad just walked in. He took a look at me and walked out the door. <laughs> he just left. And he left for a different purpose. He left to go try and find me some comfort, some love of something that could help me. But it was like nonstop. I felt like it was nonstop crying. Have you had any moments? Have well, you had? I mean, I completely can understand why you feel that way. I always thought that I wanted twins for that like one and done aspect of this. Um, but when I came home with one crying baby and lack of sleep and I was so emotional and drained, I don't know how somebody with two does it. So yeah. I relate. I understand how you probably had some bizarre thoughts because um, my mind was not shooting correctly. Um, I had the baby blues, which are common. They say the first two or three weeks. And um, this is mine, right? Yeah. And okay. I cried. And, you know, I was just like, I loved her so much. But then, like, how am I ever going to protect her? And how am I ever going to do this again? And all the things. Um I have not had any postpartum depression. You know, I, my mom did with me and she was always very honest about it. And, um, I feel like I had the conversation too with you. Uh huh. I like was that's because I was, I always want to make sure people are aware of things like yeah. this. Cause it's the doctors scary. don't even talk about it until you already are crying and For sure. having thoughts or anything like that. Like nobody talks to you about it. Not a nurse. Not a doctor, and not it's a regular real. appointment, not in the hospital. It's so real. It's so real. I know my sister struggled. And so I had a lot of women, thankfully, that our moms, like, communicate with me about it. And it was such a huge fear because I, I'm just an emotional person. And my genetically, my mom had the de postpartum depression so bad that um, I thought for sure I would have it. Luckily, I don't think I've experienced anything yet that has been, like, deep enough that I'm concerned. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely have postpartum anxiety. Um, I'm convinced someone's going to steal her from me. Um, uh, and like, I have to protect her to it, like an extreme mama bear instinct I've never felt before. Mm -hmm. Um, like it scares me to go on walks in my neighborhood because the day and age we live in and that's crazy. But, um, or like, you know, my husband's with her right now and in the back of my mind, I'm just thinking like all the things that could be going wrong. And I know that's just my anxiety talking. I'm very anxious as it is. Um, not to the level that I've just been at my wit's end. That could change tomorrow. Hormones are wild. Um, but thankfully, it's been nothing like horrific. Nothing that I'm just like, I feel lost or I feel like this was a bad choice. Like, I feel very happy and blessed at the stage that I'm in. And um, hashtag blessed. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But it is. I, sh I feel so, I feel good. And so I'm grateful for that because some women don't get to experience these first few weeks or months of motherhood this way. And it's scary and you do need to be able to have people to lean on and turn to. And I'm so grateful so many people have given me insight of what they went through because it helped me be more aware of what I could go through. Exactly. So that's what, again, why I always say why I always talk about it with things with people um, when they're pregnant and all of that to make sure that they have this understanding because it is OK. It's OK to be emotional. It's OK to be sad. It's OK to have a bad day. Mm -hmm. And I don't think enough people get that. Totally. from their support system that it's just okay it's okay mm -hmm. to cry mm -hmm. it's okay to be a little bit sad it's okay to talk to your doctor about it because you're trying to help yourself get through this 
Mm-hmm. You might not have the best support system at home. You might have an amazing support system at home that maybe is just not understanding where you are. So don't be afraid to reach out to a friend. Maybe talk to a friend who has gone through something similar or they can give you advice or maybe introduce you to a friend that's been in a similar situation. Don't be afraid to reach out to your doctor. Your doctor was just part of nine months of appointments. Mm -hmm. Like, don't think that now they're gone. Like, you have the baby. You don't ever have to talk to them again. I loved my doctor. Mm -hmm. Like, I felt like I called her on a regular basis. If I was having something I didn't understand or if I was feeling a certain way, like, instantly. Don't be afraid if they say, we think maybe, maybe you should be put on a medication. Don't think I failed. Don't. Don't think I failed as being a mom as being a new parent, it's okay. This is beyond your normal self. Exactly. You're in charge of human life now. Exactly. You know? And again, you are sleep deprived, which is in the long run completely messing up your entire body. Like you're off. You're off. And sleep deprivation can really mess with people. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, the slightest bit of emotional you know, distress, that could really trigger something. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to talk to your doctor. Don't be afraid to talk to a friend. Reach out to a parent. If you have a parent, maybe they went through something similar, but talk about it like it's a common practice because it is. Mm -hmm. And not enough people talk about it again, like I say, until it was too late. Absolutely. Um, I think it's super important to always make sure you you talk about this. So I put together a little list. I'm going to go through the list really quick because now we've been over an hour. Um, But... First time mom struggles and um and how to overcome them quick. Surviving first night at home with a newborn. Like are you, are you asking me? That's a huge struggle, right? Huge. It's scary. It's, it's scary. It's the scariest thing. Like they give you this life and like I said, my daughter was on um ventilator for ten hours when she was first born. And then they let, they let us go home like 28 hours later. And we're like, what if her lungs don't work? Like, yeah. you know, it's freaking scary. It is. I, I remember when I first brought the boys home. Because, again, it was this whole thing that I put the baby monitor. I They slept in like a pack and play kind of thing for because mm-hmm. I put that in my bedroom. Now there's all these fancy things. These side little beds, all of that. Mm-hmm. But they were in a pack and play like that was boosted up. And I literally put the monitor in between the two of them so I could hear them breathing. And I'd sleep with it right next to me with it full volume mm-hmm. so I can make sure like you're hearing those little. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's oh, real. It's hundred <laughs> percent real. So it's stressful. Again, it's and this is where that sleep deprivation comes through. Um, number two, establishing an effective routine, which we talked about today. Mm-hmm. Right. Super important. Um, making sure you have that consistent schedule. Again, blessed that my kids were in the NIC unit because those nurses had them on a schedule day one. And we just continued that schedule as soon as I brought them home. I had timings. Mm -hmm. I had everything. um, I had it all laid out. My routine got a little bit messed up. Sure, I wouldn't have time to do my showers, everything like that. But eventually I got there. Yeah. Right? You had two. Wild. (laughs) I have one and I struggle to get my shower. (laughs) Um. Best way uh, to sleep more. So I think that, again, we just talked about sleep deprivation. Making sure you get that rest. You said 
because I even saw your Instagram post, sleep when the baby sleeps, right? They tell you sleep when mm-hmm. the baby sleeps, but that's not just it. Like you don't right. want to overwork yourself through a day to where you have complete exhaustion to when you do actually get that moment of sleep. It's just a moment. Mm-hmm. So you still wake up tired, right? Right. Um, But not doing that too much stuff during the day, Um, sleeping when the baby sleeps as much as you possibly can and um, not... A lot of people always rush to that baby and it's going to be easier the older she gets, right? When they're crying, to let them cry. Sometimes you just have to let them cry. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember when Gabba would not stop crying like, and there was nothing I could do. He was fed. Mm-hmm. He was ch- dry diaper. He, um, like, he already slept. He'd already had a, he would just cry. I would just have to shut the door and go do something else. You know, my doctor, he really, we brought our daughter to her first appointment and he really sat us down and said, you know, like, you have to be able to know when it's okay to walk away. He said, you know, I have engineers who they get to that point of frustration and shaken baby syndrome is a real thing. You yeah. have to be able to know that you've done all the steps. Um, now my husband's like, let her cry. She, we can't figure it out. I'm like, well, she's a newborn. There's a little bit of a difference right now. You know, we have to, Yeah, we're le- learning her cues. But over time, you're going to get to a point where you've tried everything and it is okay to walk away. Yep. It's okay. Make sure they're safe. Especially Make sure when they're in the crib and they cr- can't get exactly. out. It's like a little a mini crib, jail cell. A bassinet, like, walk <laughs> they away. They can't get out. Nothing's going to yeah. happen. They're not going to roll a breather. over. You will be a better parent when you go back. <laughs> I completely agree with that one. Um, Number four, how to find time for yourself and not feel guilty about it. Right? Like uh-huh. you making time to do this with me today. Uh-huh. I couldn't be more appreciative. It was my birthday this last weekend. And and I know you brought the baby and um you couldn't do dinner, but we were doing this whole thing downtown and it was loud because it was this car show. And I was just blessed that you were there for a minute and you made the t- effort and the time to cu- try and kind of do something, even though it was not it w- the best situation. It was only on her schedule. It was on, it was on her schedule, <laughs> but it was like still making the time for you yeah. to do things like that. Yeah. Like you still have to be a human. You still have to be a woman. Yeah. You still have to make yourself feel pretty. And yeah. be able to get through the day. You still have to be social at mm-hmm. some point. So making sure um, you find time for yourself, whatever that is. If that ladies is going to the grocery store and spending three hours walking up and down every single aisle. Yeah. That is your moment. And trust your husband. Like, I think for me, like, it's really important to just trust Brad that this is your child, too. You have to learn her also. And I want to be able to trust that I can re- go and get a pedicure. Let me leave this house for a minute and get a pedicure. And I know that she's in good hands. Exactly. A lot of women sometimes don't want to lean on their husbands or trust them with a new life, but you have to. And if you trust them, their confidence will be there. Yeah. Yeah. That helps you just have your own time. Mm-hmm. Um, number five is balancing your career with raising a baby. Right. We already talked about mm-hmm. that. Um, but don't feel guilty. Like, don't feel guilty. The majority of women have to work. Right. There's a very small percentage that are going to be stay at home moms Mm -hmm. that can afford a lifestyle of being a stay at home mom. Most families need that dual income. So don't feel guilty about it. Make sure you make the right decisions with who's watching your kids, where you're putting them. You do your research, all of that. But do not feel guilty about going back to work. Amen. In the long run. Right. You're helping that child mm-hmm. with you might not think of it. You might be like, oh, she's going to miss me all day long or me with the boys. They're gonna oh, miss I want to teach your independence. Women can work and you can work hard. And but at the same time, you're also providing in a whole mm-hmm. nother way. Right. Whether that's you're able to afford the groceries that week mm-hmm. or you're able to fill the cars up with gas, even if it's small amounts of income. 
like you are still providing for yep. that child and, and your mental health is. we're getting having your own sense of self is so mentally healthy yep i completely agree um number six time management so that is going to look different for other people so time management could be what you spend your day doing like what's the most important thing doing um that you're doing at home when you do have those free moments when they are napping things like that to me the time management and we talked about this beforehand we kind of prep for the podcast is managing time with other people and other things that matter and really taking a look at are you making time for let's just say a girlfriend or um maybe a business partner or someone that you worked with like are you making time for them on a regular basis but then that doesn't come full circle for you too like it has to fill your cup as much as you're filling their cup right so i think that's a huge thing of time management are you wasting time on things that can easily go in a different direction or around a different person or around a different situation are you doing it correctly Mm -hmm. um number seven help your baby sleep longer right? Super Mm -hmm. important. Um, let that baby cry. Give that baby trust. If that baby wants to sleep, don't be like, Oh, I got to keep her on a schedule. She wants to sleep seven hours. It's going to happen. You're going to let her sleep those seven hours Mm because you're going to enjoy every minute. Even if you're just like, I can't believe like you can't get that rest. Yeah. Like you go drink a cup of coffee outside, like enjoy that moment. Yeah. Because those moments when they start coming on a regular basis, like that's growth, right? Mm -hmm. That's growth for the baby. That's growth for you. That's that okay, we're moving on. We're moving past the every three hour stage. We're mm-hmm. moving into the six hour stage or the seven hour stage. And like days like that. Beautiful. Suck them beautiful. up. Beautiful. Um, and then number eight. So getting things done with baby, right? With having a baby, getting things done, whether that's cleaning the house or going grocery shopping, or maybe you don't have a sitter and you need to get your hair done. You have to bring the baby to an appointment, things like that. Like you have to now learn how to change your life in a way that you have a plus one, no mm-hmm. matter what mm-hmm. you have a plus one mm-hmm. and you have to be able to put yourself in situations to where that is okay. Mm-hmm. Right. You have a bunch of girlfriends. Let's say a brunch club, which we actually, I miss brunch. Club I so do much. Miss we really need club. to start that back. Let's all do it. Baby, ladies have had babies. Let's now. do it during football season. The fall time's my favorite for brunch. There you go. Let's do it. Um, but let's say you have a group of girlfriends that you go to lunch with, or you do brunch with, and that's even if it's just once a month and heaven forbid you have to bring your baby and it is frowned upon that it's not your group anymore. Agreed. And it's okay for you to grow out of those groups. People don't realize during it. motherhood. It, it's okay. People are going to come in and out of your life no matter what. When you have kids, everything changes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of things change sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse in relationships that you have with other people. And that is okay. That is growth. Right. That's what we're supposed to be doing That's, as humans. It is. It's the next chapter. You're just, your focus is on something else. It's not all about those friends or because those it should family be all about anymore. something else. It is. It is about this child, you know, this person that that's just where your focus is. And mm-hmm. if people are offended by that or you know, it's just time for you to change and grow anyway. Exactly. There's that when that time management comes in. So learn to do things with your baby, whatever that is. Um, any books? That helped you along the way? Did you have any, like, go-to books? Um, the second I found out I was pregnant, I was just, like, didn't know what to do. So I ordered what to expect when you're expecting. And truly, that book helped me through a lot. And 
this sounds so stupid, but TikTok, I'm sorry, but I learned so much about pregnancy, motherhood, what to expect, postpartum from TikTok. It's mind-blowing, but this algorithm sits I right love, in front of you. I love that you just said that because everybody here makes so much fun of me for so does Brad. TikTok. And I'm like, do you understand the things that I learned on TikTok? I've learned so much. Or I have accomplished or I can laugh out loud at, like, whether it's a joke, it's a cooking technique, it's a life hack. Like, I've learned so much on TikTok and they're just like, oh my God, you're... 44 years old, Jennifer. Give me a... But it's TikTok. true. It's you have so your fingertip. Like this, like all these life skills that other people have tried out already and they're just sharing the information. And so, yeah. I, you know, I read that that book and then TikTok. And I also, from experience, I've learned what I don't want. And so I've really tried to... I'm, I'm going to try over the course of my child's life to utilize those things that I don't want and try to be better. I think um, I got the what to expect when you're expecting because I think that everybody does. Um, as soon as they get pregnant, but I, my favorite book, and I gave it to you. I don't know if you've read it yet. I haven't yet, but it is but, on my coffee um, table. It's called Belly Laughs by Jenny McCarthy, and that was like the first one. And then she had, does like a couple other like shorter ones, and they're quick reads, which is great. Um, I got those when I was in the hospital on bed rest, and they are hilarious. Don't do like it. things that you don't think of. So my fear of everything, and we, I know we are way past time on our <laughs> podcast tonight, um, but. She talks about pooping when you're giving birth, right? And mm-hmm. in my head, that was like the only thing I could think about was like, oh my God, I'm going to poop on the table. And it's like, then I talked to every nurse about it. I literally talked to you about it. The first time I met the baby, I was just like, did you poop? Like, did you poop on the table? Because of things like this, that's yes. what you're It's like, it's funny that you could laugh about it. So those are my go-to books. Um, I'm so glad that you came down here with me, me tonight. Me too. This is, this, fun. Is, this is amazing. Let me See? come back. Absolutely. Okay, you cool. can tell. We'll, okay. we'll reevaluate. In a few months. And then yes. especially like when you go back to work or haven't like anything, we can do anything. Like I love podcasting with Anna um, after we do an event, like going to Jamie Johnson concert and then we podcasted about it. Right. Totally. So we go to lots of events and concerts together so we can totally podcast after that. Yeah. Um, I'd love to I'm do it with Anna too. Of- you guys are, I really believe in this podcast. You guys, I listen to it and you guys have thorough, great stuff to talk about. Oh, thank you. Well, I love you and I'm love so glad you. that you're here today. Um, thank you for spending a couple hours with me tonight. It yes. just really means the world to and me. And happy birthday, because I'm going to remember this forever. Aw, <laughs> thank you. All right. Well, that, thank you guys for listening to 40 Years to Freedom podcast. You can find us on Instagram, 40 Years to Freedom. You can find me at Our Badass Mom and Anna V at Anna V Outdoors. All on Instagram. We want to hear what you guys think. If you guys have any topics you want us to talk about. We'd love to hear them. Thank you, Brittany. Thanks. Love you, girl. Love you.